Going? Yeah, we're live. Welcome everybody to another Trans Tuesday. We have the beautiful Kimberly Moore in the house. Kimberly, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It is my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, it is always a pleasure having you on. So how are things with you? You know what? Things have been very, very good. Uh, just very busy. I finally took my first couple days of leave uh, for the first time. And yeah, it's it's been really, really good. I'm trying to, to, to do your little link thingy here. Yep, I'm trying to send it to you. I'll get it to you, don't worry. Um, so you are down at the beach. How's the weather been for you? It's been very hot up here. Uh, you know what? It has been extremely hot and um, warm, but it has been so incredibly nice. A uh, little bit of humid, but when your your toes are in the sand and the you can hear the waves crashing and you get that cool sea breeze and stuff, it's a tough job. But yeah, I think I can I put up with it. Yeah, uh, Marina Cottrell, our health coach, and I we said a couple weeks ago we're like we've got to get out of town, we just got to go. So we had planned because you know who like we had planned it in our schedule. Didn't check the weather. Had planned an event. Um, in advance, jumped in the car, and it was freezing cold. Like, we spent all our time shopping, buying sweatshirts and gear and, like, umbrellas because we had nothing prepared. We spent, like, maybe an hour total on the beach. Well, if I can do my public service announcement, I think, so you got Virginia Beach, and it's got the, you know, the, everything's geared towards tourism and stuff, but up here on the Ocean View side, which is the, the bay side, you don't have the big crashing waves and boogie boarding type type stuff, but the beaches are really nice. They're relatively open. They're really clean, and you have some really good eclectic seafood restaurants and uh, Mexican food restaurants that are really good. So if you want a good, quick, easy vacation that you're not going to get totally swamped in, this is the place to come. That sounds Plug perfect. For North yeah, and that is my speed. I do not want to sit on the beach with a lot of people right now. So actually, the fact that it was freezing and raining, we had the entire beach to ourselves, which was nice. That is absolutely the way to do it. All right, I just sent you the link. Um, okay. And we have Miranda Jones is joining us. Hi, Miranda. She's saying, hey, 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 ladies. Oh, I see you, Miranda. Hey, girl. Did I just see that Miranda was visiting you down in Virginia? She was, yeah, we had a great time with, with her and her family. Uh, her daughter and my daughter will get along so well. So, Oh, wait, which daughter? Uh, my youngest, uh, Caroline. Oh, Caroline, she's like our superstar on this show. She is so cute. So do you want me to go ahead and share this? Uh, sure, that'd be great. Okay. Oh, Angela's on too. Hi, Angela. She's our business and employment gal. Um, so we've had some really magical things um, happening with My Feminine Heart. And uh, so we actually helped one of our sisters um, come out to her friend um, the other week. And uh, so she had the courage because she had seen that um, her friend had started posting some trans-friendly stuff online. So she was really nervous. She had reached out to myself and a couple other of the top experts at My Feminine Heart looking for advice. And um, 
it was just, it was so exciting uh, to be able to help her with this. And she, I didn't know how to properly advise her. I know how I could receive information as a friend, hearing something that kind of dramatic and exciting and new and shocking, you know, for the first time. Uh, and she, it worked well for her with her first friend. So she kind of dabbed the toe in the water, but she's still looking for advice because I oh. think, I don't know if, if you feel like this, Kim, but I feel like now that she's told one person, she just wants to keep going and she's not really sure how to broach up with people that have not just overtly put out there. Like I love transgender people on Facebook. So coming out to anybody, anybody, especially those that are the closest to you, because it, it is such a anxiety driven angst filled experience. Cause when you squeeze the tube of toothpaste, you can't get it back in. I mean, that, that round is downrange uh, and it's out and you can turn around and say, just kidding or whatever. And, but it's too late that that's you, you've opened yourself up and you become very, very vulnerable. And um, you know, you've given up, you've shared the narrative. And I think that's where it gets, it gets really scary. Cause when you tell somebody you've shared that narrative with them, the stuff that you've carried on your back and that burden that you've always had, you've taken a little bit out of it and you've transferred it to somebody else. So now they have to deal with who do I tell, who do I not tell, what's, what do I say, how do I act? And now all of a sudden all the things that you had to deal with, to deal with now. But what I mean by sharing the narrative is they have an opportunity to tell your story. So having the right person in the, uh, and a person that's positive that tells a story from a positive light, it can be a, a huge difference for other people down the road. So you kind of have to approach it in a very strategic manner. Uh, for instance, when I told my first person in my family, part of the, the, the deal was don't tell anybody. Well, I found out that they had told somebody. So now I felt that I was losing the narrative. So I had to speed up and, tell tell my parents tell my other brothers and sisters uh, my story because it was my story and i didn't want it convoluted or had any extra injections of opinion or uh guesswork because you know when somebody else is telling your story other people are going to be very quick and vocal to ask questions and if you're not there to answer them somebody else is answering them on your behalf and sometimes the answer is, I don't know. I'm just kind of coming to terms with myself and I'm still exploring this. So, you know, you're asking me surgeries and you're asking me, you know, sexuality questions. And I'm just trying to express myself and I don't know where that goes. Sometimes I don't know is the only answer that you have. So that's when I hear, you know, somebody taking the, the brave step to come out. I, I'm, I got to applaud it. It makes me get a little nervous and anxious a little bit because uh, there's a lot of trust that goes into that. Um, Kim, when you told that first person in your family, did you know them as a secret keeper? Were you surprised that they shared your secret? They didn't share my secret. They, I mean, they did, they, they told everybody. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I was very surprised when that happened. Uh, 
they were probably the, the person I was closest to in the family. Uh, but no, they they were known as as very talkative and as a gossip. But I figured that our closeness was going to keep that. Now, I should say not. The very first person I told in my family was LGBTQ, and and I finally came out, and they were they were ecstatic. They were uh, very celebratory. And when I presented, how do I tell the rest of my family? It, you know, we could have good long talks about that. That was very positive. That was uh, something that gave me strength and uh, gave me a fallback position. I knew that I wasn't totally alone. I know that somebody in my family had come out as lesbian and had made a stand and had been, you know, even though a lot of the family talked about her, she had made a stand and, and everybody respected her in, in certain ways. In uh, her input and her insight were very, very valuable to me. And when I came out to, um, uh, my stepsister, uh, we had had a really, really close, really tight relationship. And um, I knew where they stood on the LGBT community, but I felt that our relationship would at least have afforded me some level of dignity and respect. And that didn't happen. So it kind of came into play that Every time I was going to come out and present myself, it's like when I came out to the Marine Corps, uh, I always had that experience in the back of my mind. Like, this is, this is, I will Wait, say that you came out in the Marine Corps before you came out to your family. No, I came out to the yes and no. So part of, <laughs> part of my family, I did the other, the, the close part of my family, I didn't. I came out of the Marine Corps after I had left the Marine Corps. I, I was working in the veterans organization, TAVA, and I was, we were invited to participate with the Secretary of Defense and the Commandant of the United States for women, uh, women in the military celebration. So I, I, I living in the national capital region, they asked me to go participate. Plus I, you know, being the only Marine on the TAVA team, uh, I went. And I was like, you know, so I invited my friend. Uh, <laughs> she was like my, my battle buddy. And I walked in there and I was like so nervous. I was like, I was holding the glass of wine and my hand was shaking so bad that the wine was like literally sloshing out. I had to do the Donald Trump double hand hold. Thing <laughs> I was, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. There's the Marine Corps is a big place. You're not going to run into anybody you know. And as soon as she said that, out of the next car, got my former CEO when I was in San Antonio, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were probably six generals, general officers there. Of those six, I had served with four of them. Wow. So I am just like, oh, my God. I'm just like surrounded by not only people that know me, but people I have directly served with. And so we, we did the ceremony and everything. And during it, I started feeling really guilty about this is my, my opportunity. I did really good work for them. And I think that they would, they would see me as the person that did good, the good work. And this was before the, the repeal, you know, the Obama repeal. Mm -hmm. So for me coming out as a veteran, I was in a safe place 
but at the same time I could influence the, the, the dialogue a little bit. So uh, my commanding general from Iraq was there. He was a three star at the time. And I said, I would just want to thank you for, you know, the, your tutors, your mentorship and you helping me out and helping out my company that when we were in Iraq and I really appreciate everything you did. He looks at me and goes, you were in battalion so-and-so. And I was like, no, sir, I was your communications officer. And he's like, no, that could be my communications officer was major. And I was at Morris and he said, yeah. And I said, and his eyes got real big and he goes, Oh my God, you look great. And he gives me a big giant hug. And so those coming out moments, I was just like, this is the greatest thing ever. And that was at a party. That's exactly the reaction that you're hoping for. Yeah. All he wanted to do was hang out with me and talk. And so come to find out he was on the policy. He was driving the policy, uh, programs in the Pentagon. He was the head of policy. So he was working on the trans policy at the time. Oh, wow. So he knew a lot of the, the people that were a lot more actively engaged in, in the, the trans policy deal. Uh, but it was a positive experience. Still, after that, I was still scared and nervous because it is you're still opening yourself up to be hurt. You're opening yourself up to somebody taking that narrative and running with it. Uh, so I've always been pretty judicious about not being brazen about it, but being strategic in the sense that if, if somebody didn't need to know, then that wasn't something I was going to volunteer until I felt that they needed to know it. And then it was going to be on my terms. A couple friends from high school, I started losing the narrative. So I took the initiative and I would call them up and say, okay, here's the situation. And those were the times that I would come out to somebody is just to kind of put myself back in the driver's seat of why I decided to transition, what my life situation was that, that, that caused this, my feelings, and to be able to answer any questions that they might have. And then just let them know that I'm there if they, they have anything. Do uh, you feel that you have to do that every time that you have to when you choose to come out to somebody that you feel like you have to justify it? Cause it sounds to me like almost like you are on an apology tour. Like, uh, well, yeah, I wasn't, I, I, you know, it, it was only on those situations where I felt that I needed to take control of the narrative there. I, you know, I'm out at work. I work full time. I have people come up to me uh, quite often at work saying, I, I find you very courageous and what you do is just amazing. And uh, thank you for that example. And me not even knowing how that word got spread or who's talking about me and, and why, I mean, but I feel that that's such a positive place that I don't need to justify it. And I don't need to, to stand out. Uh, but when there's somebody, when you have history with somebody, when they know you from, you know, the past, and and that 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 male life and there and believe me there was there's a huge contrast between being me now and my u.s marine self that not that i had to justify it but i felt that uh i wanted to make sure that there were no false narratives out there about who i am and about you know this isn't a phase i'm going through 
this isn't something that there because you know it's the trend and you know or Caitlyn Jenner show or you know whatever I just I wanted to know that this is something I've been dealing with since I was a kid and uh, even when they knew me uh, I was dealing with it and that's from eye to eye I am very very happy and very successful and that this isn't uh, an asterisk or a uh, and apolog being apologetic, this is who I am, and I'm proud of it. It, you, you know, and this is what you see is what you get for the first time, and it, it would behoove them to get to know me because, as cool as they knew me back then, I'm twice as cool now. So, yeah, you are the coolest. Um, I love your expression of um, like controlling the narrative as somebody who has control issues, I could see that that's exactly how I would feel. I'd be like, no, 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 everyone's going to listen to to my story and when I'm ready and, and how I want to tell it. Um, we have some people kind of chiming in. So uh, Claire Jones says, completely understandable. Jamie uh, Kendall just wanted to say, hi, girls. And um, yeah, Miranda Jones says, yes, of course, it's a true story that she was with you on the beach the other week. Um, for those of you who are joining us just now, uh, Kim agreed to come on tonight. So sweet. And thank you so much because we have been helping one of our, our younger sisters come out for the first time. And she has been looking for advice on how to come out to friends first. Um, I think she really, I don't think she's on the page of even coming out to family yet. Um, but she took one step forward, told a friend who had shown signs that she would be um, possibly accepting. She was, it went well, we're so excited for her, but she's ready to take more steps forward. So, you know, we have some amazing ladies joining us tonight um, in the comments as well. So if you have any advice that you would like to share, we would love to pass it on to her. This is an, an open forum. Um, you know, this community is so special, so supportive. And um, I think it's really, it's so inspiring to hear that somebody else went through it and that, you know, you were nervous and it may not have gone exactly the way that you wanted it to go. But, you know, it's it's almost it sounds like it's like a, a waterfall, like you think you can open the door a little and then it just opens the whole way. It's a powerful force. So, and, and you're you're absolutely right. It, well, you get such freedom from coming out to somebody like because now you don't have to be buried and hide. And now you now you can be real and being it's it sounds so simplistic when you say it out loud like be you you know that you're the you're the person God made be you but the reality is you spend your whole life shaping yourself to be what other you know what, what people think they you should be and you try to fit that that role and that that mold uh so the community or have friends within the community are, is a huge part of it. Being able to, uh, you know, text or dial up somebody and say, okay, this is what I'm going through and this is how it turned out. Uh, me coming out to my kids, the confidence I got from that was a direct result of the experience that one of my, my best friend had coming out to her daughter. And it was so positive that just, the chance, the risk that it could be that halfway that positive to me uh, was was well worth me uh, presenting fully to to my oldest daughter. And sure enough, 
same deal. I've got such a good, tight relationship with my oldest daughter that I, ne I never would have, even more so than it was before. Uh, to the extent that she told me that she never wanted me to transition back as if that was going to be a possibility. She what? said, to, she goes, you're not an asshole anymore. This is how I like you more. And, wow. uh, and it's almost like, you know, that past 18 years was just kind of like a, a weird story, you know, a weird out of body story that this is the real, this is the real person. And that's been really, really positive. Each time you come out to somebody, you gain a little bit more strength and confidence to the point where it's not such a big dramatic step and it's not such a big dramatic deal. Uh, having a, a, like a, excuse me, a little five, you know, like your elevator sales pitch. Mm -hmm. Like a five-year in, in a sense, you have to sell yourself, but you're not selling you're not trying to, to convince them that that needs to be negotiated. This is not a negotiable conversation. This is how it is. This is why it is. And I want you to be on board. I want you to get a chance to know me and experience that. And I want to be able to answer whatever questions you have. So feel free and open. Uh, but at the same time, you know, this, this is who I am, so please respect and, and treat it with dignity and, and treat me with care. Uh, Kim, a lot of the people that um, I've interviewed on our podcast with their transition journeys, they talked about how they had stages. You know, maybe at first they wrote a letter and or maybe they had a conversation to pair with a letter in case they couldn't get the conversation out the way they wanted or they appeared first as their genetically born self. Um, before dressing in front of everyone or, or showed pictures. You know, they, it sounds like a lot of people I've talked to have, have done this in kind of gentle stages. Is that the way that you rolled? I had one of those heartfelt, I was with my therapist, one of those heartfelt conversations, which was you know, kind of like a come to Jesus deal, which is if I transition and I lose everything and everyone, what can I not afford to lose? What, what would be the the crushing blows and what would be the just inconvenient ones. Uh, I want to be everybody's friend. I want everybody to still continue to, to laugh and joke and, you know, us connect the same way we always did, but I can't guarantee that. And that's not going to be my problem that I'll put that on them. <laughs> the problem is that you, you know, you go through, if you do a kind of an inventory of your life and say, is this relationship for the long haul or is this the relationship that's just good right now? Take high middle school friends. I can guarantee you everybody had a best middle school friend that you did everything together and you were like, we're going to, we're going to get, we're going to get married in the same church and we're going to, you know, go to, we're going to be roommates in college and we're going to get the same job. And then our houses are going to be next to each other. And then sometimes I'll babysit their kids and they can babysit. I mean, we all had that, right? Mm -hmm. How many of us talk to our best friends from middle school and elementary school? Well, or high school or college? I'm sure there's one onesies and twosies out there. But that's what I'm talking about. When you do that inventory, you look at it and say, okay, is, is this friend a good friend that, that I can't lose? 
I like the, the expression, there's a reason and a season for everybody. Yeah. And, you know, so when I was trying to decide, do I even come out to my spouse? Um, some one of, one of my friends in the community told me this little phrase said, can you trust your love? And I was like, what are you talking about? Can you trust that the love that you have for this person will be returned to you if you tell them the truth about yourself, that who you are deep to your core? Because to have a relationship, to have a bond, to have that deepness, uh, you have to be able to do that. You have to be able to trust that love. And if it's not returned to you, then maybe you're giving more of yourself than, than they're willing to give and you're in an unbalanced relationship. And then that's something that you need to, you know, review on. Because if you keep pouring yourself out to somebody and hoping that they're going to change when what they really want for you is you to do what they want you to do, then you're never going to, you're never going to connect. Sometimes in those relationships, you have to take out a pair of scissors and, and cut that umbilical cord and cut that relationship away just to, to be healthy. Mm-hmm. That's always the risk that you take. Sometimes it's tough to do that, but sometimes it's positive. Sometimes you find out that, gosh, these relationships that I deemed were really important to me were really actually kind of toxic because I was doing all kinds of stuff to make them happy when really and truly there was no concern about, you know, my well-being. And you find those things out when you come out too, which in the immediate, it seems like a negative thing, but in the long run, it makes you a stronger, healthier person. Yeah. And I always think it's good to read up if you're not familiar, just look the concept of boundaries of what are good boundaries for you and safe boundaries with other people, you know, know what lines are not and not that are and are not acceptable to cross. And that's an important thing to, to, to determine too, is that you, you have a, and not say, you know, this is, this is something I, I don't feel comfortable with d- discussing. This is something that I do. And this is what I, you're in. And that's why the narrative was so important to me is because I was in charge of it. I was able to say, this is what you need to know. And maybe later on we can talk about something else, you know, the, the other oh. stuff. I just had a flashback to when I interviewed you for your transition journey didn't you try to give a lot of literature to your children and they were like, okay, we're done. Like yeah. that was their boundary with you. Like, we're okay. We're just done reading about it. Yeah. They're like, we'll, we'll take it in small steps and we'll get there. And when we're ready for the next step, we'll, we'll let you know. Uh, but, but quit trying to, to, to let us know how to, how to think about it. And uh, yeah, that, that, there's, there's some truth to that too. You know, so a lot of my good relationships have come down to me bearing all and being open and honest and trusting that, that I really truly had good friends. And most of them have come through in that regard. How do you look back now on the relationship with your stepsister who you trusted, but looking back, you realize she was talkative and kind of gossipy. How did that work for you knowing she had narrated to the family without your permission? Uh, it hurt. It still does. It's a very, very bitter point to me, actually. It's one of those things that I, 
I think when we last time we talked about forgiveness, mm-hmm. it's a constant process. So each time I start thinking about it and I'll get bitter and angry and stuff, I have to make that conscious process to let it go say, um, that was their decision. That was their, you know, they, you know, that was them being them. And I'm better off without having that, that burden. And, and it really, and truly, you, it's conscious and you have to make that step. But once you do, you, you kind of have some freedom with being able to get past it and go on. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to bring up too is, and I always try to ca- caution people about going too fast in the transition process, which is you get a lot of euphoria and a lot of positive stuff that comes back to you when you finally open up and to be free. And some people just kind of, it's like greasing the skids or taking off the emergency brake. And it's, I'm going to tell everybody and I'm going to let everybody know. And I, you know, damn the cost full speed ahead. And, uh, you have to know that there is going to be some times there's going to be some costs. Sometime you're going to lose some people in this. That's why it was important to me to count the cost on, is this a relationship that is, I can't lose, or is this a relationship that I can't? I never sent out a letter. I never went back on my old Facebook. I still have an old Facebook page. I haven't been on it in like five, six years, but it still exists out there. Uh, I never went out there and said, okay, I've transitioned. This is me. I, I figure that those relationships that I had on my old Facebook page would either come around and we would reconnect because we were supposed to like a serendipitous type deal. And then I could present the real me or they were just going to go away. Like my, you know, elementary school best buddies that just, they were there for a season and that was season was good. And, and it went away. There's been a few that I've reached out to and those have been positive and they've come to the Kimberly side of the house. Uh, but they were the ones I, that I, I reached out to and that I, I chose uh, or that had heard a, a rumor and had reached out to me to confirm the rumor. <laughs> so, uh, so I don't feel that you have to make a wholesale, go out and tell everybody. Uh, like the Marine Corps, I didn't stand on a podium and say, yeah, I'm transitioning. I, I was in the position at work and that I didn't, didn't necessarily have to. Same with even my immediate family. I didn't call every single aunt and uncle and cousin and let them know the big news and stuff. I figured it was, it was going to get on. And if they wanted to know my side of the story, then they would give me a call. The ones that I felt that I wanted them to make sure that they knew my story. Those are the ones that I reached out to. So it was a very, very concerted effort on, on, on what I felt I needed to do. Kim, you've really touched a lot of people. We have so many comments um, coming in. I'd love to um, read some back to you. So, oh my goodness. So we've had Claire Jones join us. Erica Fremont says, hi, Kim. Um, Brittany Blackman, very cool, Kim. Proud to know you. Claire was one of those people that, you know, when we were kind of going through the steps at the same time and she was very inspirational to me when she came out and the the tough steps that she went through. So I took a lot of inspiration from Brittany. Oh, Brittany, that's amazing. Thank you so much. Um, Claire Jones says, that's wonderful. She's so happy for you. 
Jamie Kendall, such a touching and emotionally rewarding story. Thanks for sharing, Kim. Miranda Jones, I agree that it's very important, imperative even, to establish that cut line of what you cannot sacrifice when determining your path and how to come out. Um, Miranda Jones has emojis I can't quite see because we can see how nearsighted I am. Um, Cindy Howard, love you. Um, hi, Mary, so true. Miranda Jones, um, or you connect through LinkedIn, that happens too, teehee. So yeah, you've got LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Leah Masters is joining us. Good evening, girls. Thank you so much for sharing, Kimberly. Aw. Those are all sweet. Um, Claire Jones, so I missed the start of this. Can you repeat the overall topic, my first time joining in? Um, do you know Claire? I th this is my first time chatting with Claire. I Claire, that sounds. I had to see the little icon. <laughs> yep, um, Claire. So this is Trans Tuesday. This is part of my feminine heart. So my feminine heart is a podcast series. Tuesday nights we air live with a special guest, and this one was on request by one of our sisters who. Um, need some advice as to how to start the coming out process after she started to dip the toe in the water. Um, but yeah, My Feminine Heart, uh, every Friday we have a podcast that comes out that's either uh, an inspirational story of transition or about a, a, the life of a trans woman. And we have a slew of um, experts who are service providers to the community. So beauty experts, finance, um, employment, like personal safety, uh, some really amazing people who all just want to um, give and support helping people live their most authentic self. So Claire, um, I hope you like our Facebook page. Check out our website, myfeminineheart.com. And I hope that you join us next Tuesday too, because we do this every Tuesday. Um, and it's just an opportunity to reach out and connect. We basically started doing a lot of Facebook Lives when the Keystone Conference canceled back in March. And we were all gonna miss seeing each other. So um, I'm a photographer in the community and uh, I gave my seminars that I would have given at Keystone on Facebook Lives and then decided, you know what, this is just too much fun. We're, we're, we're doing too much good. We're helping people. It's just nice to connect since we're all so far apart and even if it's only over Zoom. Um, so yeah, that's what that's what this is all about. So we, oh my gosh, I have more girls coming in. Rachel Todd, agree. Thanks for sharing, Kim. Danny Bo, Kimberly the mentor. Um, and Claire, thanks so much. I will follow. She may recall me from Atlanta. Hi, Kimberly Moore. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> bam. Um, that little jog. Speaking of Keystone, so uh, my my friend Sophie Lynn did used to do this class at Keystone. That was a kind of a coming out ceremony. It was about how to do those letters and how to come out at work and how to kind of write your narrative so that you have that kind of baseline. I never did it exactly like that, but the points that she talked about, which is you know describing the what your history is and uh how you know how this how it makes you feel and that not to be apologetic about it and i think that was one of my big takeaways too which which is this isn't something for you to feel sorry for or that you're inconveniencing them this is uh, 
you showing your your love towards them to allow them an opportunity to to see you at your intimate self but also your best self and uh you know because they only know you from the life that you've been editing for them and now they get to see the real deal you know it's like going to see a live concert you get to see the real music and get the real vibe uh of what it's all about and that should be uh something that they should be celebrating that should be great for them uh you, you know uh there's a recognition uh, you're showing that, that they mean that they're important to you and that, that you trust them and you, you hope that that's reciprocated. And so you'll find that a majority of the time, those things are more positive than negative. Yeah. So we have some more comments coming in. Cindy Howard says, can you talk about, I know this is for me, but us older girls that have come out later in life. Cindy, how old are you? And have you already come out? And oh, she, yeah. commented, she commented immediately again, yes, you hit the nail on the head. Inconvenience them. I'm done inconveniencing anybody. I'm just going to be me. So as trans women, especially when you're coming out, and I don't know if that was, you know, strictly from, you know, the, the male privilege side of the house because everybody kind of caters to the little boys uh, up until they're, you know, 40 or 50, right? that they have to be coddled and protected. And, you know, when they go do something stupid, it's, you know, boys being boys and, and whatnot. Uh, so that when we come out as female and feminine, we almost feel like we have to apologize. It's like that, I'm sorry, I throw like a girl. I'm sorry that I walk like a girl. I'm sorry, you know, we, you know, that you feel like you've, pushed off and rejected everything that life and society has given you uh, in, in this deal. And you feel like you have to apologize for it. You feel like you uh, are inconveniencing people because you're, you're trans and that you get a chance to be real and honest and open and, and truthful and happy. And you, and you feel guilty about it for some reason. And you know, what? I've, I've done that just in general. When you have those moments where you're really happy, I'll have guilt creep in. Like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be on vacation this long or I shouldn't be spending this kind of time. I should be working or cleaning my house. Or I think it's a human instinct that when we get really, really happy that we start to feel like, no, I shouldn't be allowing myself to have this much fun to be enjoying life this much. See, and, and I think you're right that a lot of what a trans person feels is, are very similar to what cis gender people feel, but it's always about gender identity. <laughs> it's always about gender identity. So everybody feels guilt and everybody feels joy and stuff like that. It's just ours is always seems to be concentrated on something gender identity. But yeah, you, you feel like, like you, sh you should apologize because I'm coming out to you and now you as a person, you know, as the receiver have to make a decision and I'm sorry I put you in the position to make a decision whether you should be my friend or not because I'm trans, you know, it, that's bold that you, that shouldn't exist, uh, you know, and I think that's part of the fear and that's part of the worry that you're going to lose people in your life. And, and I think one of the worries is that you've used this edited person to 
build a, a house of cards and you want all your friends to you know all your friends that you've collected to live in that house of cards and so any little shaking or movement of that house of cards it's going to collapse and you're going to lose everything all your friends and all that stuff well have faith in yourself that you're a little bit more of substance and a little bit deeper than that house of cards that you've built that you you have a good heart and you have a good soul and i think that once you start stripping away some of that facade they get to see the real the real you then you should be good to go unless you're a complete asshole you're a complete asshole it's not gonna matter yeah and I you mean, know that's not a trans thing that's just you being an asshole and personally, I prefer to spend my time with people who are too busy to care about how I live my life. Exactly. You know, I mean, if you are going to lose people and it's a horrible experience that I've, I've lost a lot of people in my life, but I've lost. But, you know, once time goes on, you realize, you know what, that relationship was not serving me. Well, that was something that I found out that, you know, the the the. the even the negative things of losing people that I really wanted to hold on to, uh, I realized that, that there was actually a, a kind of a negative toxic influence on, you know, you know, sometimes that's done under the guise of I'm just trying to keep you from making, you know, protecting you from making a bad mistake, you know, uh, but it's also holding you back. It's also not encouraging you to be better. And, you know, it's, I want to keep you in this nice little container so that way I can have you at my own discretion. Yeah. Being able to open up and, and fly free. And I think I said that, you know, the last time we talked about feeling constrained and, and lost and in that barrel getting ready to go over the falls. It's kind of like that with, with some friendships too, you know, that, I went over the falls and explaining to them and the ones that accepted me, I, I soared and the ones that didn't, I left behind and I soared either way. I was soaring one oh, there. People got to go along with me. The other ones, they stayed back in the turbulence. And it's hard. I mean, it's a, it's a difficult thing to lose friends and to lose family. And I, I know that I have had my heart broken and cried my eyes out over losing people in my life. But I, I feel for me personally, as time has passed, um, the people that I have lost that weren't ready to be with the me of who I am living my life the way I need to, the people I have lost, I now look back and think, now I can recognize the exhaustion and the energy spent on those relationships. And I can feel the lightness and happiness without that, you know, kind of toxicity. So my coming out process uh, along what I feel is kind of along those lines is be prudent on, on what you're doing. You know, if you get an invite to your, your cousin's wedding and you haven't come out to anybody, that's really not the time to show up in the white wedding dress and say, look at me, you know, I'm trans. Bam. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Go well. In general, as somebody who I used to be a wedding photographer, Never try to steal the moment from a wedding anyway. Even people who think that that's a time to propose to their fiance or their boyfriend or girlfriend. That's just, that's not the time. Bad form. Yeah. Also, don't wear white to weddings. <laughs> so, you know, if you're excited and you're wearing a dress and you're going out for the first time, don't wear white to a wedding. So I had come out to my entire family and uh, had been living pretty much full time for about nine months at the, when my brother got married. 
uh, and there was still a lot of consternation with my family. Now my brother just totally embraced me and his fiance, they were like, we want Kimberly, bring Kimberly to the, to the deal. But I was feeling the vibes. I, you know, everybody else in my family, it, the conversation kind of had sh shifted from my brother and his fiance to, well, is, is it going to be Kimberly or Kyle that shows up at the wedding? And that started really bothering me because I was like, this is supposed to be for him. And yeah, I'd much rather show up as Kimberly and be happy. So I called his fiance up and I said, look, I really would love to show up as Kimberly and stuff, but I, this is your day and I don't want to take anything away from you. Which one would make you feel the most comfortable given everything you giving my my parents and my family dynamic and everything and we her and i agreed that i would go in my in, in mail mode so the last time i showed up in mail mode for anything in my family as soon as the wedding and the reception was over i got dis i had never had dysphoria so bad in my life because i had been living full time i got out of there uh, met my brother and his fiance and his what new wife later on that night as Kimberly and we had a great time. But uh, you you just get you got to know your environment and you got to know your situation. You know each 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 coming out sh should mean something. Should be a little bit different if they're the people that are close to you, and you if should be you, prudent about it. If you could go back, would you have done it the same way again? Yeah. 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 So, that, that but, is but if it happened now, I couldn't. If it yeah. happened now, you know, after I've been living full time for four or five years or three years and, uh, you know, got jobs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it. That, that just wouldn't that wouldn't be fair to me. And that's where I would have to draw the line in the sand. And which has happened. I have not been invited to some of my nieces uh, graduations and big family events. I haven't been invited to any of that stuff. I get pissed and then I have that little pity party and then I let it go because I'm in a happy place and they're the ones who are missing out. And I, I wouldn't change who I am for just that one moment of feeling included because I'm included with a bigger family. That's amazing. All right. We have so many comments coming in. Kimberly, you are, you are such a sensation. Hold on. Um, so Miranda Jones says, oh my God, quote, the real music, the live concert. I love that articulation. I was thinking the same thing when you were describing the live music. I was comparing it in my head to like that fuzziness when you turn to like the AM radio. Yes. Static and that distraction. Yeah. Uh, Rachel Todd said, I'm not out to everyone, but to those I am out to, they tell me how much happier I am when they see me as Rachel. Rachel, you know what? That narrative, I bet everybody that's on this could could say that, gosh, everybody that gets to see and experience the real me tells me how much, what a better version it is. Yeah. Miranda says, I absolutely get the same reaction. Brief Rams on high, Brie. Oh, Kim, if we're not supposed to hang out with awful people, how have we stuck together for seven years? Smiley face. So, so Brie, Brie was, is one of the ones that she's a great friend because she, she you know, she's, she's one that won't blow smoke up your, your butt and tell you, tell you how great and wonderful you are. She'll, you know, she'll say, well, have you really thought this through? Are you, you know, 
why are you making why are you making this decision so hard on yourself when you know exactly where you're going to end up? So, uh, yeah, I owe a lot to Brie. She's, she's Brie, been- you talked a little before. We are getting you on the show. We need to chat. You need to. You need yeah. to. Desiree Payne says hi. Hi, Desiree. Desiree is usually with us on Tuesday nights. All joining in all the way from Alaska. Oh, Leah Masters has a question for Kimberly. Um, when I have to ship shift back to my male image after having some private time to be me, uh, that is when the shame and guilt is often heaviest. I'm not strong enough to just quote not care what others may think. Any suggestions? So when I experience that in that duress that kind of builds up, because uh, you, you go through like a little pink fog period of uh, this bliss of being you. And then all of a sudden you're back to this other level of now I, now you're having to edit yourself and that, now you're having to conform to somebody that you, you don't feel that, that totally fits. It's like wearing a ill-fitting suit. And um, part of that is that you feel guilty because you're happy and you feel connected and you feel real. And for you to feel that, you feel like you have to disappoint or put other people out to feel that way. And God, I, I dealt with that for years. That was, that was exactly how I would feel is that I could go in these moments and just finally be me and finally be happy and have this bliss and then realize that for me to enjoy this bliss meant that I was going to have to tell people that I was come out as trans, tell people I was trans, uh, admit that I was trans. And to do that meant that all this other stuff was just not right. It wasn't connecting. It wasn't a lie. And it was also that I continued to, to bury things. I continued to hide things. Uh, I think I mentioned it last time is that I found myself lying about things I didn't have to lie about just because I gotten so good at lying. My whole life felt like just one perpetual lie after the next. And, and I was getting very, very bad at doing it because it was so much harder to contain. So that I always felt guilt and shame that I was going to, I look and act like a guy, but I'm really a girl. And now I'm opening myself bare and trusting that you're going to still love me, even though all these years I've repressed and denied and, you know, haven't been open and honest. And yeah, it's, it's tough because you, you take your, whole edited life and you're kind of just like shoving it down and you're and at some point it gives and I think that's kind of what you start to experience before you kind of come up to this crossroads Mm -hmm. where you have to decide uh you know is the is what you're going to gain you know much more than the duress that you have I know there's a lot of people out there that that never get to that stage I know there's some people that have felt that stage since age five and uh they can't transition fast enough um we all kind of i think we all kind of deal with it at at, at a certain level but to say this is the point where you need to make a decision i don't i don't think there's anybody that could do that 
You have touched so many people tonight. Oh my gosh, another one's coming in. Just I didn't even start drooling. Like I said, I was worried about. I I had dental work done today. I thought I was gonna. Really <laughs> Kim saved me. Um, like tonight coming in. I'm so appreciate you coming in after your dental work. Um, Jessica Jordan. She says, "Love you, Kim." Hey, Jessica. Um, I can't. I can't thank you enough for for coming in and and chatting with us tonight. You know, it's. Um, you know, I think we've all had these these highs and lows during the quarantine and the coronavirus, and I know that I have felt them. And being a part of of this experience, a part of this sisterhood of my feminine heart, um, and having people reach out saying that you've helped with this, can you help with that? Coming to advice and sharing the experiences they've had, um, you know, helping a young person start the coming out process has been truly amazing. And, and watching her connect with all of you, especially on our Trans Tuesdays, I can't. I mean, everyone who's commented tonight, thank you for being a part of this experience. Um, absolutely my pleasure, Cassandra, and I love what you're doing here, and I, I, I know that you're gonna do great things and make a huge impact. You mentioned the coronavirus, so like, I was in that cross-dressing stage of, you know, it was, it was almost medicinal, because you get that relief and that, just that, relief valve that, that lets off the steam just by being you for those little moments. I would have absolutely gone batshit crazy during the coronavirus had I not been able to go to like Freddy's and see my friends and be able to, to. so my heart goes out to those that can't right now and just keep your chin up and uh, you know look towards the horizon because you know that's where the sun rises. Yeah. Oh, we've got still more coming in. Danny Bo, I didn't realize the guilt was living a lie, but you are right. It's great not to lie anymore. Um, Rachel Todd, what was the name of the podcast again? So this is part of My Feminine Heart. So you can go to myfeminineheart.com. You can see if you click about and below is every podcast. You can see every podcast we've done. So Kim has been with us for our Trans Tuesday before. So you can find the previous Trans Tuesday. And we talked so much about forgiveness. It was one of my other favorite um, Trans Tuesdays. Amazing. This one's also topping the charts. Um, and Kim also came on for a formal interview. Um, so we do formal interviews, too, where she shared the whole story of her transition, her life as the beautiful trans woman you see here. So what I can tell you is... Um, there are um, there are podcasts where we do interviews with trans women who have um, you know been sharing their life story. We do podcasts with um, service providers in beauty, fashion, image, employment, business, finance, um, all giving their advice and service to the trans community. Um, all of these podcasts anybody can listen to for free, and there's links on myfeminine.com to find those podcasts. And you can listen on any of the major networks, Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google. There are also video podcasts. So every podcast is actually a video. And some of them you can watch for free, just for the general public. Some are reserved for club members. So um, if you see a video that you would love to watch, like Kim Moore's Transition Journey, you can listen to it for free as a podcast. Um, but if you want to actually watch the video and see the beautiful woman in front of you um, on screen, uh, you do have to sign up as a member and it's just $9 a month. 
and you can cancel at any time. But I can tell you for those of you who sign up now, um, if you're interested, you do want to sign up because come July 1st, we are closing the membership for a period of time. So there will be no new members and everyone who signs up um, now. And Miranda, you emailed me about this. so I'm going to hit you now. Um, you are already a VIP founding club member. So everybody who signed up in the last six months uh, since we first launched the podcast, you are a founding club member and anyone who signs up by July 1st. And that means that you get to access every video. Um, I do great seminar videos that are just exclusive to club members where I teach posing and you know the photography end of it. So if you wanna increase your followers and likes online, these are videos for you. Um, we have specials and discounts that our um, top experts offer to our club members and founding club members who sign up by July 1st all get VIP portrait status with me. So for life, as long as my feminine heart is on the air and as long as I'm a photographer, um, I will email you first before I open my calendar for anybody to book portrait sessions with me at any future LGBTQ events like the trans conferences, like the Keystone Conference and first event. My founding club members get first dibs on my portrait schedule. So I think I literally felt Miranda's head get bigger when he called her a VIP. She is a VIP and Miranda is a VIP. That's how I feel about everybody who jumped in um, in the beginning and supported me because this is a new podcast. This is literally, I think tonight is my 58th one. Um, you know, and Kim, this is your third one with us. But yeah, we just started this in January. So to me, if you have signed up with me in the first six months between January 1st and July 1st, you're a founder. You are a VIP and you will be for life. So yes. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for all your love. Claire Jones says, oh, thanks, Cassandra. Thank you. Oh, my gosh, Claire. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. Desiree, have admired Kim and so many others. Miranda. Be a patron of My Feminine Heart, everyone. And Miranda says, what can I say? You don't need to say anything. You're a VIP. <laughs> and Miranda, I'd love for you to join me in a Trans Tuesday some night, too. So all of you, thank you so much for joining us tonight, Kim. Wow. I mean, it literally, Miranda said it right. I'm not crying. You're crying. I mean, it's just. It's always my pleasure, Sandra. I love hanging out with y'all. In fact, I'm going to bring tacos next, taco. Trans Tuesday. Yes, Taco Tuesday, Trans Tuesday. That works. Takeout Tuesday next time. Yes, and we'll need margaritas too, because you can't have a taco without a margarita. Yeah, I need a bigger glass. <laughs> With a little salt on the rim. All right. Good night, everyone. We love you so much. Thank you for joining us this evening. Take care. And uh, thank you, Kim. Good night, everyone. Thank you. Bye.